This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Everybody and welcome to Keep Screaming, a podcast where two best friends dissect horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. This is my co-host B Bass. Hi. <laughs> just stare at me. Cool. Uh, I'm just gonna throw it all out there right at the top of the show. You can find uh, us at <laughs> keepscreaming.com. Um, we have a bunch of stuff there. We have a, a list of all of the movies that we've watched, um, and we do create that list. Um, it's based in order. Um, what am I saying here? At the end of every episode, we put it on the list and we place it in order. This will be our new. We rank them. Yeah, we rank them. <laughs> woo words. Uh, this will be our nineteenth movie. Was the last one put on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, this will be our 19th movie. Um, so yeah, you can definitely find that at keepscreaming.com as well as all the episodes go up there. There's a little synopsis on the movies and on us, etc., etc. You can find us on podpeople.me, which is um, Brennan Klein, who is our producer. That is uh, his podcasting network that we are a part of, and there's a bunch of fun other podcasts on there as well. We are on Twitter and Instagram at ScreamingCast. We are on, um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, working on Google Play, Spotify one day will recognize that we're an actual podcast. And then you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Larson, and B is on Twitter at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A. So that's all of the fun stuff just downloaded right into your brain, right at the top of the show. Um, if you haven't listened before, what we do is every two weeks we pick one slasher movie and just completely go over everything from... Uh, the director, the writer, the act- the acting, the score, the poster, the whole thing. Um, we literally dissect it, and then at the end of the episode, we rank it. Um, our goal is to give you as much background on the film while giving you our unique insights uh, and critiques. Um, at the beginning of every episode, we do a pop culture check-in where we talk a little bit about what we've been doing outside of watching that particular slasher movie. So could be other slashers, could be other movies, could be... Uh, B reads a lot, reads with her ears um, because she listens to audiobooks, so she does that pretty frequently. Um, we are recording this on Friday the 14th, which means Friday the 13th just happened, so of course both of us have Friday the 13th entries to discuss in our um, pop culture check-in. Unfortunately. Yeah, B's was not as good as mine. Uh, I'll kick off because mine was the best one, which is the 2009 Friday the 13th reboot. Um, it is, I think we've discussed it numerous times. It's the best. It's easily our favorite of the franchise. Um, if you had to pick, I mean, who knows? Because this podcast has definitely changed the way that I watch horror movies in general, but specifically slashers. So maybe one day, like when I actually sit down and decide to go through all, like everything again, I'll look at them differently. And I have recently um, B just got it as well. We both bought the um, eight film uh, Blu-ray collection that Paramount put out of the Friday the 14th, 13th series. It doesn't have uh, Jason X, Freddy vs. Jason, or the reboot. On or there. Jason Goes to Hell. Or oh, really? Yeah, that's weird. There's eleven. 
movies. There's 12, aren't there? Yeah, there's 12. 12 because yeah. the I forgot about 12. Jason X. Yeah. Um, How so dare I? It doesn't have those ones. So Jason Takes Manhattan's is last one on there. Mm-hmm. Um, which is the one that be watched, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. But I, when I picked it up, I decided to rewatch like four and five and six, the ones that like a lot of our horror like circle friends uh, are champions or champion a lot. So, and I actually really enjoyed them. Uh, I think it's been a long time since I've seen them, and I really want to like give more franchises that experience but in the grand scheme of things when it comes down to famous slashers friday's right at the bottom for me i don't know if a rewatch is going to change anything as a series like as a whole nightmare's the best um i think maybe i think i don't know scream's really high up there because i love scream front to back yeah but there's like so much less of scream so it's easier i think to be as good there's only four of them yeah and there's like nine nightmares eight there's like eight plus of all the other ones (laughs) yeah there's a lot double i think think there's double i honestly think as a full franchise halloween might be one of the worst um, oh, because the sequels are real bad. Oh God! Not anywho. I mean, who knows? Yeah. But uh, so I watched Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand nine remake with uh, the most attractive cast in the world: um, Jared Padalecki, Danielle Panabaker, and then a bunch of other like really good looking people. Ryan Hansen. Yeah, Ryan Hansen. Um, Aaron Yu was in that movie. I like him a lot too. Uh, I love that movie, and I still love that movie. I watch it. B and I probably watch it every Friday the Thirteenth, and we also are close to and. I watch it probably three or four times a year, and For I sure. always enjoy it. It is my favorite Jason. I love having mm-hmm. a Jason who has created traps, who runs, who throws, like, the whole gamut of things. I think he is super intimidating. It's a great movie. Um, I also watched Jaws 3D. Mm. I don't know why. Um, well, Jaws popped up on is Amazon. That the first one where he's, like, a robot? No, he's never a robot. Oh, I mean, not in the movie, but, like, you can legitimately see, like, the screws on the side of him. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's a robot in the first movie, too. But Yeah, but you it's can't. Like, it's, it's not like super beautiful. obvious. Yeah. yeah um, at all. In this one, oh, boy. So, love the cast, because Dennis Quaid is in it, mm. and Leah Thompson, who plays Marty Fly's mom in Back to the Future, or if you are a 90s kid, you might oh. remember... Yeah. Oh, God. If you are a 90s <sighs> kid, you might remember, um, what was that show? Caroline in the City. I'm crying over this poster. That was um, that reaction. I've never seen it. It also has, um, if you ever watch One Tree Hill, Haley's mom is actually in it. Um, so lots of people I enjoyed. This movie's not good. It, it it should be, it should realistically be a whole lot of cheesy fun um, because it takes place in like a sea so park. Um, yeah, I've like, seen this. There's lots it's, of, a, it's a theme park one, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so, lots of goofy yeah. stuff that happens, but it is just rough to get through. Um, <sighs> my wife was sleeping when I started it, and she woke up at one of the parts that was supposed to be 3D. We weren't watching it in 3D, though. So she just looked, and she's like, what the hell is this? She's like, that looks so bad. I was like, well, it looks worse because it's supposed to be in 3D, and she's like, it wouldn't look good in 3D either. <laughs> like, you are correct. It wouldn't. Um, but I like the cast. The movie's not great. For some reason, in my memory, I thought this was a Piranha movie. Nope. But Maybe it's because Piranha 3 Double D is yeah. also a theme park. Could be, yes. Maybe that's why my brain muddled those together. Yeah, this one's I was straight about up to just say, like, oh, that's weird, because isn't Dennis Quaid in, like, a Piranha movie? But no. No. I was thinking just of just David Hasselhoff. Um, and then... I powered through the Scream TV series because I was they added Scream 4 back on Netflix and I was going to watch it and then I was like when I looked up Scream to watch it the Scream TV series popped up and I was like oh man I loved this series so I powered through it and I 
if you haven't watched that series because maybe you scoffed at it because it was on MTV or you thought like a screen the mask or yeah the mask is like way different or if you thought like it just couldn't do it like it couldn't do it right I loved it I thought it was fantastic I think it captures the same like meta elements I mean if you if Randy is your favorite character in the Scream franchise just watch it because there's a character named Noah who is like Randy he is Randy and it's it's really really just a whole lot of fun it's a great whodunit um mm-hmm. really good mystery the kills are brutal as shit for being on television for being on like cable tv um it's a really savage show and the one hour like finale um there was like a two-part special but you, even that was a lot of fun uh and i'm also trying to finish teen wolf another show that was on tv that yeah b and i both loved um i miss moon day styles forever mm-hmm. um so i'm watching the last season because i never got to finish it and they threw that up on amazon prime so definitely check that out another series like i said if you maybe scoffed at it because it was on tv and you're like how are they going to take a 80s comedy that everyone mostly loves because i also love teen wolf and turn it into like this dark like um you know teen drama it's it's spectacular and like the world that they yeah, the create. Yeah, the lore is super oh, cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's really. If you like supernatural or anything where you're like exploring different lores, not just werewolves. Yeah. For it, a second, I was like, am I giving something away? No, and it's great too because one, I'll, I mean, I'll just say it. There's no vampires, which is super. I loved because that's I th- usually always it's what always gets werewolves and vampires. Yeah. yeah. So there's no vampires, and there are like the writers did a really good job at. They really, like, tapped into a lot of, like, world culture. So there's Japanese lore. There's Native Mm -hmm. American lore. Like, there's so much that's explored. Um, Like, really true, like, Celtic um, mythology. It's really fun. Um, Other than that, I've been by the pool a lot. So I'm trying to read through uh, Strange Weather, which is Joe Hill, the son of Stephen King. His newest book, it's five, like, novellas in one um because i bought the last time i lied which is from the writer of final girls which b and i also both enjoyed except i didn't love the ending because i saw it coming a mile away but um i'm just saying oh i finished big little lies that was another thing i did seeing the ending a mile away reminded me Um, ryan's like so obnoxious he'll text me and be like Oh yeah, I watched this. I I called the ending. Okay, like, well first super I did. I did. Okay. early, and I'm like, congratulations. Third like, episode, but I did. I even tweeted this, <laughs> so there's proof. I still thought it was an excellent show. Like I was like, the that's acting. What I, that's was why great. I texted you. Yeah. I was like, did that ruin the show for you? That no, you knew? I said no. Yeah. But it kinda, I knew. It kind of like the last episode didn't have a, as big of an impact on me. I, love, I don't think I, they did as good of a job as keeping the mystery in the show as they did in the book, because obviously they read the book first. Right. But I think that was kind of intentional. So I, I, I really enjoyed the show, and I thought the acting was great. Spectacular. All yes. time. All, I don't know, all time. It's but, all time. I mean, Nicole Cameron and Rachel Witherspoon were fucking amazing, mm-hmm. and Shailene mm-hmm. Woodley has truly shed like her teen drama skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Adam Scott and everything he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much of a creep as he is, Sarsgaard did a great job too. Um, but I just like looking at him. He's a very like a, Viking looking fellow. He's truly just like a work of art. He does look very statuesque. Yeah, like, like no, genuinely, he looks like he yeah. was sculpted yeah. by a very talented sculptor. Yeah. Um, so I liked all of it, and the score or the soundtrack is awesome. Love the soundtrack. Um, 
I just, you know, sometimes if I can see the ending coming that far, it just makes it not as impactful at the end. But I did enjoy, like, the actual, like, straight conclusion. I really, really dislike they're doing a second season. Really dislike it. Um, I don't think they need to. Well, they don't, but why not? They're all talented people who love working together. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. So it's not. There was one book. There's no sequel mm -hmm. to that book. Yeah. Um. So they're playing the same characters. They brought in like fucking Meryl Streep to be in it. Like it's gonna be bananas. Also, I will point out that um, Zoe Kravitz is also great in that show. Oh, she is. Yeah, she's she's spectacular. Yeah, yeah. She blew Um, me away. Yeah, Um, like really. That's the part that show. You just watch it and like. These are all big name recognizable people. Oh, um, Lord Dern. Yeah. yeah no, yeah, it's literally yeah. like an all star cast, and you know who all of they them, all who all of them are. I cannot. Oh, talk big today. time! They're all uber famous. Yeah, but then you watch it, and you're just like, you do you think that they're their character? It's mm-hmm. just too good, you guys. I can't. Just thinking about that show just gives me all the feels. Um. Yeah, and if you enjoy that show, like I did, definitely check Sharp out Sharp Objects. Objects, which is airing on HBO now from Blumhouse. Our boys at Blumhouse. Um. Uh, it is based on a book by Gillian Flynn, who also did Gone Girl, Dark Places. Um, Amy Adams is starring in it. Yeah, Amy Adams is starring in it. That one's... If you've ever seen Enchanted, then you'll love her as much as I do. Yeah. Um, that one also was filmed in our hometown, so yeah. we got a little a little bit of extra love there. We but know a lot of people who are in it. Yeah. The first episode has aired so far. Just the first, but it's great. And it's from the director Big Little Eyes. And you can tell because it's very similarly shot, which is not a bad thing because that show is aesthetically pleasing um, and very well made. So I, as soon as I watched it, though, I was like, oh, I can tell because she... Don't talk she about it too here. much. I don't know who directed. Um, but they used the same camera tricks a little bit. Um, very good. I'm super excited. It was one of the... I knew I, was, I liked it because sometimes why... Like... One of the reasons I hate watching ongoing shows is because at the end of the episode, I'm like, no, just give me all of them. I just want to watch they them all right them. now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I did. Lots of, lots of. Yeah, everybody feel bad for me that for I can't watch that show because I'm like a quarter of the way through the book mm-hmm. and I have to finish the book before I can watch it. Avi. So. I, Somebody I feel, give me the time to finish reading it. I feel like it. I should read the book too. I've only watched one episode, so I'm like, oh, I should read the book. I don't think it's, I really like that. You like have a, read the book. Mm mm. I read, you told me you read it. No, oh, you I read, read Dark, Dark Places. Places. Yeah. We've had this conversation. Which, Dark Places, I also called the end. Like, oh, God, shut really up. Just saying. Jesus. I did not call the end of Gone Girl, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I knew something was up. But oh, then, I did too, but when, but when in the happens, middle of that book, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, and then the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of twists and turns in that one. Anywho. I bought that movie. I, I, oh, I To rewatch movie. it, yeah. I really want to rewatch it. Cool, <laughs> what'd you do? Um, you watch Jason Takes Manhattan. I watch Jason Takes Manhattan, and that movie is pure trash fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I hated it. I'm sorry, Kane Hodder. We love you. Yeah. So I only agreed to watch it because I was with a group of people last night, um, and I was like, this is the only way I'm going to watch this movie if I have, like... Because you're not going to do it alone. <laughs> yeah. And my husband wanted to watch it because he has terrible taste. I love you, babe, but you do. Um, just kidding, but... I also he love did, you, but you do. He did Except choose action that movies. movie. Yeah, he has great taste in action movies, yeah. I'm learning, yeah. as he's educating me. Uh, he literally handed me a beer and was like, I figured you need to be drunk to watch this. I'm like, you uh, were right. True. You yes. were very right. I didn't get drunk, but I did fall asleep once Jason gets... I literally fell asleep when he got to Manhattan, so basically I finished the movie. Um. Wow. It's... Even, it's the first time I've seen it since we started the podcast, which I will say has obviously given me a much greater um, 
appreciation for films and I'm usually way less harsh on them and I am way less harsh in general and if you love Manhattan I totally get it like I love some movies that are probably really terrible I because of the like area that it's filmed in yeah Yeah. for various reasons all like like something for reasons that other people wouldn't I mean, you guys have seen Princess Diaries 2, The Royal Engagement, more than any other movie in the world, and most people will think I'm crazy for that, but I love that movie. So, you know, whatever, to each your own. You love Manhattan, that's good for you. Um, it was an experience. Our friend Gina was just like, I, B, I thought this was called He Takes Manhattan. Is that, like, happening? And I'm like, not really. Not really going to happen. <sighs> also, yeah. I don't. Does Crystal Lake have an outlet to? That's what we said. We're like, like so he's in. They're in the cruise yeah. boat, like in New Jersey, and uh, apparently it connects to the bay yeah. of Manhattan. Very weird. I don't know. Sure, whatever. He gets like brought back to life from like a electrocution in the water because of the anchor going down. Whatever. It is my least favorite, probably of. I I haven't watched Jason Goes to Hell in a long time. So I've heard We were going to watch that, but great. apparently I don't own it because yeah. we tried to look for it. So, um, yeah, I did that. That was that was cool. Whatever. Should have watched 2009 again for the 100th time. Um, I watched Glow Season 2. Did you finish it? I did. Oh, I have not yet. Um, excellent. Uh, better than the first. A lot of... I hate wrestling in real life. Um, like, I won't watch it. She does. I do not. Yeah, he loves it. You ever he, want to hit me up about wrestling? Yeah, you hit him up because yeah. that is something we do not have in common. G1 Climax this weekend, baby. Oh, Jesus Lord. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Shush. He, he literally starts talking about <laughs> wrestling and like my blood boils and I can't take it. I'm like, oh, stop. So, um, amazingly, I love that show. Um, I don't like when they wrestle and they had an episode this season where it's like if you were watching Glow and I was super bored and thought it was terrible. So, uh, I liked... Like, getting an idea for what the show was, like, what they were doing, but no, that was boring. So, if you hate wrestling like I do, still watch Glow. Very good. If Super you love w- wrestling, you'll really love it. <laughs> Double whammy yeah. for you. That's why it's uh, such a good show, because it appeals to both audiences. It does. It has... Ryan, when we got announced, he literally texted me and was like, you're going to be so pissed. <laughs> and I'm like, why? He's like, you have to watch a show about wrestling. And I'm like, excuse me? No, I don't. And you're like, yeah, you do. Because it has Allison Brie and Piz in it. Yeah. And one of the actors, Chris Lau, plays a character called Piz and Veronica Mars, which as Stosh you all know at this point is my all-time fave MVP show. And so I have to support all the alumni. And so here I am. But it's super fun. So I watched that. Um, I watched The Departed for the first time. Oh. 2004, oh. Oscar-winning Best Picture, Boston crime movie ridiculously good like that movie just one of those movies that you watch and you're like oh okay cool like this is an oscar movie didn't try hard it was just so exceptional twists and turns and incredible acting and that was like the last big thing nicholson did i was gonna say yeah so you got jack nicholson he's so spectacular like prime nicholson And so Ben comes in and he like sees me watching it and he's like, it's the very beginning. So he sees like Jack Nicholson and then there's Leonardo DiCaprio and then Mark Wahlberg shows up and then uh, Matt Damon and then Alec Baldwin. He's like, Jesus Christ, Vera Farmiga, who Ben doesn't know who that is. Have you never seen it? 
No, he's never seen. He didn't watch it. But oh my god, yeah. it's so good. Uh, yeah, the cast is like oh. uh, like knockout. Yeah, I, it just went on I, Netflix. I and love Mark Wahlberg in that movie. And I think I he's do not so like Mark fun. Wahlberg. Uh, I he's back and forth for me, but I like when I like Mark Wahlberg, I really like him, and I love him in that movie, I, especially like his bit at the end is just so fucking fantastic. Um, Matt Damon, yeah, Matt Damon yeah. and Leo both. Wow. Yeah, um, if you've never seen it, it went up on Netflix, which is how I found it. Um, and so, just in general, I'm trying to rewatch less, which is really hard for me. I'm a mm, huge rewatcher. Me too. I love just watching the same things over and over. And I do that with TV. I'm obviously like a huge TV watcher. Of course, I'm still chipping away at Dawson's, but I don't need to keep talking about it. When Busy shows up, I'm close. I'll, I'll holla, holla about her. Um,. So I'm trying really hard to, like, at least watch a couple new things. Um, yeah. I try to. Sometimes it's hard, especially, though, because, like, my my wife is not as interested in movies as I am. Yeah. yeah. Which you know. Yeah. So when you're, like, oh, it's this, like, especially when I'm, like, oh, it's, like, this 1970s, like, oh, yeah. uh, crime thing. And she's just, like, checks out immediately yeah. and wants nothing to do with it. I'm, like, okay, we'll watch something else. Yeah. I don't know if we've ever mentioned it, but we married, um, like, a version of our husband and wife are very similar mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to our obsession with movies and their lack of obsession, um, Ben loves movies just once he's already seen. Yeah. It's hard to get him to watch new stuff. And Ashley just loves comedies. Yeah. So, and I love comedies too, but like sometimes we feel the same way about each other. I'm like, another comedy? And she's like, another horror movie? And I'm like, yeah. okay, I get it. Yeah. Yes, You're right. True, true. Uh, yeah, I'm chipping, also still chipping away at Pet Cemetery, which is beautiful and wonderful, but really depressing, mm-hmm. and it's hurting my soul. I think it's one of his most depressing. Yeah, mm-hmm, and so I, it's taking me a while, um, because I just can't, can't. I'm just like, wow, I feel like crying for the next 20 minutes, so I'm gonna stop. Yeah, I don't know, that's it, guys, that's all I have to write. Um... Uh... <laughs> Cool. So the movie we picked this week, I'm actually kind of excited about it because I think it is very, even though it's newer, mm-hmm. I don't think it's seen as much. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a movie called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane from 2006. Sure. From 2006. Yeah. Uh, it was definitely like made in like 04. It came out overseas in like 06. Yeah. I don't think it hit actual American release till like 2012, I think is when I finally saw this movie. 2013, you guys. Yeah. So yeah. it was it was in production limbo for a long ass time and like everything like that. Um, so the synopsis is a group of high schoolers invite Mandy Lane, an innocent, desirable girl, to a weekend party on a secluded ranch. While the festivities rage on, the number of revelers begins to drop mysteriously. Who wrote that fucking synopsis? I don't know. Somebody on IMDb? Very well written. Um, oh. Yeah. Just like uh, the <laughs> a- number of a- revelers. A- They're not like the number of partygoers. It's like, no, these guys are fucking reveling. Oh, Jesus. Doing fucking whiffets. That's what <laughs> reveling is. They doing whiffets. Um... Yeah, so it came out September 10th, 2006 uh, for, at a film festival. It didn't hit a limited theatrical release until October 11th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Filmed in 04. So it's, it was nine years before it went from pretty much camera to screen. Um, budget was 750000 Box office was $1.89 So not profitable. Just made its budget back. 41% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually a little lower than I thought it would be. A lot of horror critics, I know for sure, really liked it. 
if it came out on time, probably would be higher. Yeah. But especially now, I mean, 2013 was what? How many years years ago? Five years ago? Uh, Do math for me. Five years. Five years. Perfect. Uh, So I'm sure it wouldn't have even been as bad then, but holy mother of God is this dialogue dated. Oh, yeah. Uh, And pretty cringeworthy. And so I think besides that, uh, it's much more uh, rateable, higher. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, like, I think that probably is hurting its ratings. Definitely. Um, And if it would have came out in its own time when that dialogue is maybe a little bit more appropriate, mm -hmm. um, it would have fared better from critics. Yeah. Hor- like I, I know horror specific critics really enjoyed it because it it does it it has you'll see this comparison comparison a lot and it's in, it's an interesting comparison because it's nothing like it but you'll see the contrast to Texas Chainsaw because of the way it's filmed mm-hmm. and a lot of the shots and like a lot of the like cinematography wise yeah, it's TCM yeah I mean it has that same feeling of Texas where you have like that sweltering heat and you can feel it and there's a lot of these shots like just these very interesting like fuzzy shots or like tracking shots where like so, you know um like what Hooper did where you know mm-hmm. you'll stay focused on one thing and then you're you're really watching what's going on in the background but it's like blurred and distorted and um it has some of these like kind of manic shots some of them don't work as well because he does like a little bit um Jonathan Levine directed this and he does some, some weird he does stuff. yeah there's some weird things i don't know if it was him or the editor like who decided to do it there's some like weird like some interesting transitions i think it was trying to ape the 70s a lot which you can feel mm-hmm. um even in the fashion i think a little bit like there's parts of the fashion where you're like oh this is oh, that's awesome uh b just showed me trivia that's fantastic uh there's parts of the fashion where like yup this is mid 2000s and then there's some parts of the fashion where you're like oh it's it like the boys i think a little more like mm-hmm. 70s they have like you know those kind of like ranch jeans and like just levi looking te- distressed tees and stuff so um what do you think of this poster i think it's very reminiscent of the time mm-hmm. um so i felt uh, that of the so, torture porn era uh, yeah and i was just trying to look up like it's actually a little well because it came out in 2013 so it's a if you look at posters from like say 2008 and you look at like the prom night remake or the ruins or the eye all of it is like really like monotone coloring. Mm-hmm. So they wash it out. So this is in black and white. If you look at the prom night cover, it's all like blue. Um, so it's very stylistic for that time where it's a close up shot um, of usually the a girl or the protagonist. And um, it's interesting on this one because normally the person is in distress. And this and Mandy Lane, Amber Heard, the actress who plays her, is not. Like, it's she has just, blood and dirt Yeah, so she, it looks like she's all bloody and there's grime, but she's just kind of looking sultry away from the camera, which is very true to what this film is. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, I like it. Um, I like it, too. I also like, I think it's cool that, like, they've made the R a hard focus. because they The rating? Of, the rating, They focus yeah. on the rating, so um, which is normally like something you hide. Yeah. Or you're not, you're going to keep that, like... As small as you can. Le- there is legalities about how small your um, typefaces can be on stuff like that. Um, 
fun fact. So, no, they, they're trying to push, like, this is a horror movie. It's rated R. They put it in red with the title. Mm-hmm. Um, they highlight Mandy Lane and make it bigger. It's a long title. All the boys love Mandy Lane. It's obviously like it. going to be shortened to Mandy Lane um, more commonly or all the boys. Um, so, yeah, the poster's... The poster's good. I mean, it's it's appropriate for the film, and it's appropriate for the time that it came out. So this is, if I was designing this, is definitely something you're going to want to keep in trend so that you sell a movie that, you know, sat on the shelf for eight years. Mm. Um, <clears throat> no sequels. I, I, you could I mean, probably do yeah. one, but you don't need one. Um, I think it would lose a lot of the impact if yeah. you had one. And also, it has a twist, so, like, you would lose that twist, too. Yeah. Um, did we find We out didn't really pay attention to the to score. The score yeah. I couldn't really find much information on it. Um, There's not a lot of score. There is a it's lot a of... It's a lot of soundtrack. There's a lot of soundtrack. They use the soundtrack very efficiently. Um, it's a big part of it, like, um, during chase scenes, during kill scenes. Um, They're actually using music. Yeah, they use music a lot. And, in fact, I'm, like, thinking about it now, and, like, I don't even... Like, there, this movie actually utilizes a lot of silence, like, there's a lot of just silence and also, like, sounds of the ranch. Like, where mm-hmm. they're just in the ranch house and Which you can the hear. Score. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but, um, More ambient. I did mm-hmm. very much enjoy the soundtrack because it felt like it was super, in, in, like, it kept in tune with what was happening. Well, and, you know, we read a few things which, you know, we'll agree to on certain extents. Um, obviously, the production level's not quite there, but it kind of... Has been labeled like a Friday Night Lights meets Mm. TCM. And only in the aspect of, yes, similarly filmed as like, you know, like mock documentary style. Like Mm -hmm. on some of the shots felt very like Friday Night Lights. But I think really what they're trying to put across too is it's uh, a big part of the film is about the dynamic between these kids in this southern town. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. You just, it's, you, you can definitely tell it's like, it's very southern. Yeah. Um. And, like, the country music plays most of the time. And it, I don't know. There was something about it I told B. I was, like, watching it, I was, like, country should be used more in horror because it fits it so well. Like, real country music, not pop country music. Um, not that pop country is not real country. But, I mean, like, just... More traditional country. That, yeah, traditional say, country yeah. music. There's something about it that just, like, really suits it. Uh, and I just ended up enjoying it a lot. And then there's also one scene randomly where, like, he's playing the radio and this song is playing, um, in the car as this chase scene is happening and it's hilarious. Um, so I thought the soundtrack was very well done, uh, whoever, like, coordinated that. Um, Jonathan Levine directed it. He has become much more famous in recent times. He did this. He did The Wackness, which B and I were talking about before we started the podcast. Uh, Josh Peck is in it. Ben Kingsley, one of the Olsons. I can't remember which one. I don't know. Probably Ashley. I think she was the only one who kept really acting after they stopped doing stuff together. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember. Um, but it's like a 90s, very like 90s nostalgic kind of like coming of age like, drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. And about Josh Peck who's like obsessed with like hip hop. Yeah. It's all, like, 90s hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, lots of Wu-Tang Clan. It's super good. Um, he did 50-50, which you guys might know, Seth Rogen and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is a fantastic movie. Yes, watch um, it. Very good. Yeah, super good. Warm Bodies. Lisa um, Palmer and that kid from Skins. Nicholas Holt. Yeah. yeah uh, which was Romeo oh. and Juliet of Zombies, pretty much. And, uh... X-Men. Yeah. Plays Beast. Um, I don't know what Rush is. TV series he did, I guess. The Night Before, which is oh, another JGL. What? And Seth Rogen. Did you not see I, that on the list? I mean, I did because I put it, but I, you guys, I don't 
care for Christmas all that much, but we I watched this movie for the first time this last Christmas, and I was laughing so it's, much. Well, it's like, it's top, for so me, funny. it's a top five Christmas movie already. Yes. Like, Anthony Mackie, Seth Rogen, it's, JGL, Michael Shannon fucking kills it. Here's in that my movie. review, guys. It's laugh out loud funny. It, it really is. It so. genuinely is. I went and saw it with Derek and Gene, actually, and Ashley, and we went and saw it, and like, we'd seen a trailer. And we just were like, well, I guess we'll see this. And the whole movie, I was oh, laughing. It was, yeah. it, it, for me, same as same experience as like Bridesmaids where I go in and I'm like, this could be good. And then I walk away and I'm like, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. No, I absolutely love that movie. If you haven't seen it the night before, it's fantastic. Produced by Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, which wasn't okay. that Hi. great. Uh, Snatched. Haven't seen it. What, that's Schumer. Goldie and Hawn and Amy Schumer. Didn't do very well. It bombed, but that. I think is probably for a big reason of Amy Schumer's controversies for various things. What's Flarsky? Um, don't know. Twenty nineteen coming out next year. Okay, um, be but on yeah. the lookout. Lots of comedies. Lots, lots of comedies. Um, he, and I think this movie he really flexes his skills as a director. As far as like I've seen most of those movies, and yeah. they're all very good. Yeah. I think Fifty Fifty actually does carry over a little bit and I, I haven't seen the wackness in so long 50 50 kind of rocks that more documentary style film yeah 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 um but like i just felt like this for a like he had a movie called love bites with a y in 2005 but for a directorial debut this is impressive um i just i told b like i came away from this movie i've seen it twice before and i came away this time just kind of going like Holy shit! I love the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like I said, there was some goofy stuff with the editing and like transitions and like weird, like they would freeze, like weird freeze frames. But I think that's all very reminiscent of like '70s style stuff that would happen in horror movies, which I think is what he was trying to emulate here, um, while mixing it with a more like modern 2000 era like slasher style. Um, and I just really loved it. Uh, so I was super impressed with it. And Jonathan Levine. The writer is Jacob Foreman. He did The Last Survivors 2014. So, yeah, not a lot. Um, He's a decent writer. There's some cool stuff here, like uh, story wise, concept wise, super cool. Concept wise, yeah, dialogue is Uh, cringe worthy at best. And I mean, there's obviously some stuff happening here that we're not big fans of. Uh, The cast most famous is definitely going to be Amber Heard, who plays the titular Mandy Lane. She is. Very well known for being Johnny Depp's estranged wife, um, but also she has a pretty solid acting career of her own. Zombieland, she was her first one of her first like breakout roles. Who's she's, she in Zombieland? She's the neighbor who turns into a zombie at the beginning of the movie. Oh. Um, oh. She was in Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage, which I actually truly like enjoy because it's a super fun like drive-in uh, or uh, yeah drive-in like cult movie. The Ward. Uh, what? The Ward. The, the Ward. The Ward. Oh, yeah, that John, John, uh, John, John Carpenter, Carpenter movie. film um, where she's, like, in a mental hospital. Yeah, she plays Mira in Justice League, and she'll also be Mira in the new Aquaman movie, which is, I'm going to say, horror-related because James Wan is directing it, so it's awesome. Um, so, yeah, she's definitely, I think she's breaking out now more than ever. She's uh, been in a lot. Of, she's I been think, in a lot. I have to look because I swear I've seen her. Oh, <laughs> Never Back Down yes. from 2008, which is, like, Really hilarious movie that I've seen 1,000 times for reasons none of you need to know. She's in a ton of shit. Oh, the yeah. Rom Diary. Yeah, The Rom Diaries. Yeah. Oh, Magic Mike, Double XL, Pineapple Express, Friday Night Lights, Machete the movie. Kills. Mm, the Stepfather. Remake, yeah. Yeah, tons of stuff. 
She's very You've good. seen her. Yeah. Oh, I, Alpha Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. That's a great movie. Oh, Syrup. Also forgot. She's just literally in like a million movies. Syrup? I forgot about that That's movie. That's what I just said. I really like that book. Yeah. Um, Fernandez is her co-star in that. Oh, weird. Um, Anson Mount uh, is the next, like, uh, listed. He plays Garth. He's the, like, ranch hand. He is most well known for being in Hell cute on Wheels. Cute cowboy. Yeah, most known for being a cute cowboy. Cute cowboy, which he also plays in Hell on Wheels. And he was in the short-lived Inhumans TV show as King Black Bolt. I need his uh, title on Hell on Wheels. I'm going to watch it. And I need it to just have his name and then just be like, as cute cowboy. As cute cowboy. His hair gets really long, you guys. So Beast, like, into thing. really, like, dirty-looking dudes. <laughs> <laughs> like her fa- I bet her favorite, like, how much does... Uh, Vigo more than oh yeah oh yeah one hundred percent yeah all about that exactly you watch like Lord of the Rings or Hidalgo yeah. Like, yes. yeah yes who doesn't no I agree Vigo is like yeah. an interesting looking guy but I think Lord of the Rings like when he's clean shaven he is nowhere near as attractive Mm-mm. as when he is like that's all... every man <laughs> um. Michael Welch plays Emmett. Uh, he is most well known for being in the Twilight series as Mike. Oh, her I already friend. forgot. Yeah. I'm like most well known for what? Um, and then there's a bunch of people that don't really show up in a whole lot of other things. Whitney Abel plays Chloe, who is kind of like the popular mean girl, and her friend is Marie or Marlin, who is played by Melissa Price. Oh. The most notable name, yeah, Luke Grimes is in the Fifty Shades movies. He plays. Um, Christian Grey's brother, if did, that means anything to you guys. Definitely did not know anything about that. I was going to say the most notable name outside of the rest of these is definitely Luke Grimes. Um, he was in Magnificent Seven. He, we get American mixed- Sniper, Taken Two, the Fifty Shades movies, playing, you know, Christian Grey's brother. I forget his name. Don't kill me. Um, we get him mixed up a lot. Oh, yeah, he was in True Blood TV show. He was in Brothers and Sisters Oh, yeah, TV True show. Blood. Um we get him confused a lot with this guy named Shiloh Fernandez. Fernandez? Fernandez. Shiloh Fernandez, who is an actor from our hometown, who is in the Evil Dead remake, um, because they look really a similar. lot alike. Yeah. So, yeah, we get him confused a lot. But he's definitely the most notable um, actor outside of the other characters. Aaron Himmelstein plays Red. Uh, Edwin Hodge plays Bird. It's a small cast. Robert Earl Keane shows up as Keg Trucker. It's just, he's on the soundtrack, so they threw him in the movie. Mm. It is a slasher-esque. It's definitely... It rides the themes of slasher a lot. It has the, like, whodunit. It has the, you know, like, the teen... That kind of teen slasher feel. It has the, like, stalking Mm -hmm. of a specific group of people. It has the isolated location. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Um, there there are some, like, slasher kills, too. Yes. Um, But it's not And the kills are filmed like a slasher. Yes. The only thing that really doesn't drive it home, which we're not like, this is definitely, like, hardcore slasher, is that... Um, it's not always like a blade type kill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, and our killer isn't a traditional slasher killer. Yeah. Otherwise, very much a slasher. Um, no iconic weapon. They use a gun more than most slashers would, which yes. fits the whole like feel of the movie though, yeah. too. Um, I also read like something. There was a Columbine influence with this movie. So he wears, we find out, okay. 
I mean, as you know, we give away everything in, when we review these, so here's the oh, killer. Oh, yeah, spoiler, sorry. So the killer is... Um, Mandy's best friend, Emmett. Emmett, and they, we fl- they show a... Sh- oh, Jesus. I cannot talk today. It's been a long week. Yeah. It's hot. It's really hot outside. It's like 100 degrees. Um, so Emmett plays the best friend, and there's a scene where he's on the track, and we get established that him and Mandy used to be friends, but then she got popular, and so now they're not friends anymore. And he's wearing a shirt that says um, Natural Selection, which one of the Columbine killers was wearing that shirt mm-hmm. when they killed their classmates. And then when at the end when he comes back up, he's wearing, like, the black hoodie yes. and cargo pants. Um, so yeah. um, they are definitely uh, the kills, and the, our killer, Emmett, is inspired for sure by Columbine, and so much that the movie is actually making that reference very well known. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Emmett is the killer, but so is uh, Mandy Lane. So that's the twist, and it's pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I I definitely, you know, this is my third time seeing it, so it's not ever going to be as impactful as the first time. But the first time around, I Definitely didn't see it coming because about halfway, a little over halfway through the movie, they reveal that it's Emmett. Like mm-hmm. straight up, they just show you. It's yeah, like they show there, him. there is a while of like cat and mouse going on and like he's in the shadows. Lots, lots of like you see a silhouette running by or like things from his POV. Yeah, but you don't see him. But then about halfway through, you just straight up see him, and so you're like, oh, this is our killer. And the beginning of the movie starts with him and Mandy are best friends. They are, like, they are straight up best friends. Um, And he is definitely, like, both of them, it's inferred, have not been popular kids ever. But Mandy is getting hot. Like, you know, I don't want to, like, say that in, like, a gross chauvinistic way, but that is the plot of the movie. Like, Mandy's getting attractive, and, like, the boys in her school are starting to notice and pay attention to her, which means, like... There's a little bit of a distance between them growing, a little bit of a rift. Um, Adam Powell plays Dylan, who is the like oldest 16-year-old in history because he looks like he's 33. Um, but So this kid, Dylan, is like the leader of the popular kids. He invites Mandy to a party, and that means Emmett is going to come. So they kind of just like begrudgingly deal with it. And at the party... Um, he tries to, uh, this guy Dylan tries to hook up with Mandy and he ends up like getting in a fight with Emmett and beating the hell out of him. And Emmett tricks Dylan, who is wasted, into trying, like basically he wants to fuck with him and he tricks him to jump off his roof into the pool and he doesn't know what's going to happen, but it does, he doesn't make the jump and he slams his head on the pavement around the pool and he dies. Um, so it's, a, we flash forward to like a year later, Mandy has integrated into the popular friends click and Emmett is very much still in love with Mandy and like interested in her, but she wants, she supposed like apparently wants nothing to do with him. Um, but basically we find out that Mandy and Emmett have teamed up kind of like they are actually still friends and they have plotted to kill these popular kids that have kind of like always made their life kind of shitty and then also you know threw in this event in their life that was like really hard and traumatic um so Emmett is our killer as is Mandy um and I think the it works like I so the reason I love it is Emmett is a decent killer whatever he's kind of he's kind of just like 
you you see it a lot. Like you see, you know, the angry kid who's taking it back out on the popular kids because he was bullied. Um, it's definitely something like where we have seen a lot by now. Um, but Mandy is great because she ends up not just having devised pretty much this entire plan and used her like sexuality yeah she uses her sexuality as a weapon which i think is super powerful when women do that like it's always it's like taking the thing that literally causes you a lot of pain and inconveniences and like i know that sounds weird but uh being attractive causes a lot of like attention and distraction and harassment and they definitely are alluding that that's something that no matter what situation she's in she's uncomfortable because men are hitting on her dude or every dude no but literally and that's what's happening in the movies and like imagine trying to be i mean I'm nowhere near, like, level of Amber Heard where I'm every situation I'm in, I'm getting hit on. But, like, that does happen to women. And, like, certain women, like, they can't, they get so much attention because of their looks that they have zero moments of peace. And so it's almost like they're showing, like, how desirable she is and how literally harassed she is by Mm -hmm. all these guys. And her just being like, okay, fucking, like, come on, like, hit on me. Try and get with me. That's fine. I'm gonna fucking kill all of you. Yeah, I love it. I I love it because Including watching like it, her best friend, who's obviously oh, yeah. like obsessed with uh, her, obsessed with her, has a and, whole book of like yeah. poems written to her, and so she can't even have like a best friend. That's what we were talking about with the my super sweet sixteen. How frustrating it was because we're like that's not friendship. That's a guy who's so desperate to still get in your pants that he hangs out with you. Right. Like that's not friendship. Yeah, and I was like watching it and. I was telling B, like, God, this movie would gross me the fuck out if If I didn't already know that she's using it against them. And, like, I love that. Like, Yeah, it's like a hard pill to swallow when you don't know that she's in on it. It's very difficult. Because you're just like, why why is she here? Why is she? Because you do think that. Like, and I knew, too. I haven't seen this movie in... Since it came out, like, since it became available. Like, I don't, I probably, I don't know what I saw Amber Heard in, but I liked her, and it was a horror movie, and I was watching pretty much everything at that time. And I remember watching it and being, like, not having a huge memory for it and sitting here, like, I'd remembered that she was involved, but still, it was hard to watch, like, the interactions and oh, the yeah, dialogue. And I'm like, why would she go to this ranch with these people? They all suck. And it's they're not, not friends. Even, yeah, and it's not even every... It's not like if she's alone with a guy, they're every single moment that she has, they are hitting on her. The girl. Which one? The blonde. Oh, yeah. really stringy hair. They, yeah. like, allude that, like... No, it's it's There's ridiculous. There's like tons of sexual tension in general. Uh, yeah. So, it's something. It's actually a theme that is used when it's done well in comic books a lot, which I really enjoy because for a long time comic books just over sexualized women and it was a giant bummer. But then, like in the late '80s, early '90s, people started to realize that like that's not all women characters have to offer. And then there were also a lot of like writers started having women use sexuality to their advantage which i also enjoy because it's not like uh, you know it's like be said be said like it's not something she can like overtly can control really so like use it to your advantage um especially when these guys are being skeevy assholes um so emmett himself is just like a pretty like basic killer um but i think mandy is great um and she 
Amber Heard does an excellent job in this movie too because she's very distant, um, very aloof like the entire movie. Um, and then she really takes a hard turn towards sociopathic right at the end there um, and plays it very well. Super small body count. Um, I mean, if we count the guy who jumped off the roof and died, we only have seven, um, but it's a small cast anyways, too. Pretty much everybody who's in it dies. Everyone but two characters, yeah, and then like her normal. aunt who shows up in a scene. But yeah, pretty much everyone dies. So they go out to this ranch. Uh, this is like the year later. Mandy is invited out by Red, who's like the stoner dude. And he invites like two other girls who are like the popular pretty girls, uh, Marlon and Chloe, who everyone is just the worst in this movie like they're everyone except mandy and garth the ranch hand um the cute cowboy yeah cute cowboy but everyone else is just such a despicable shit bag. they're all hella mean to each other mm-hmm. like they're all hella mean to everyone else like they're they're mean to like we see at the beginning of the movie they're mean to other people like they bully people but then inside their own clique they're also hella mean to each other yeah i just want to say if you identify with any of these characters or you uh look at these characters and go oh this is what my friends are like you don't have friends you need you need new friends you need new friends you need real friends you don't deserve that because these guys also like like we talk shit to each other but it's different. It's v- it's in, in a, a very loving way. loving way. These people are straight <laughs> up. I mean, at one point, like Marlon's showing off her new belly button ring, and what she oh, her friend Chloe goes, "God, you're not even going to be able to see it in all the folds of flab you have." And like lo- the whole movie just fat shames her. Oh yeah, and then she shames her like pubic hair. Yeah, Marlon like, like turns it around and she's like, "It looks like Sherwood Forest down there because yeah. she's like peeing." And she's like, "Oh my god, she don't you ever trim?" She too. pees a ton in that movie. And so then there's a scene where she's literally like. Clipping off with like the biggest, most giant rustic pair of scissors. I was like convinced. I'm like, is it gonna be a kill or somehow like somebody gonna come in when she's like clipping? The whole time I was on the edge of my seat because I didn't remember, and I was like, they fucking like do anything with those scissors in her vagina, I will be scarred for life. Yeah, that would be a giant bummer. Um, so they go out this ranch house and they spend like there's like there's a good amount of development in this, um, because like. I it, it I think Jonathan Levine and the writer both really wanted to get build the foundation of like who Mandy Lane was. She is like Red does this like monologue which is disgusting, but he like puts her up on this like pedestal because he refers to her he's like the girl everyone wants and no one's has. She's legendary. Men have literally died in pursuit of her because a a guy did die at, like because of circumstances surrounding her so they build her up as like this crazy like almost goddess type character um and the rest of like this first 40 minutes of the movie is spent really just showcasing how else how much everyone wants her and whether it's luke or no jake who is a total like over asshole like just chauvinist like says shit like he literally asked her when you gonna let someone pop that cherry like disgusting asshole or bird who is a more reserved like they're walking down the like yeah. they're walking down a path he's like she can i hold your hand him, yeah. yeah can i hold your hand and he's like can i give you a kiss and she like lets him kiss her cheek he's very much more like reserved than the other guys red is like you know the stoner he's actually the only one who's not like pursuing her actively like he's definitely googly-eyed with her and yeah, he tells that story but her. he's like more interested in chloe because he like realizes he has a chance with her 
And uh, he's just so like, okay, I mean, they do so many drugs in this movie. Dude, but like weird drugs. Like, it's not like they're like snorting coke and like, dr- dr- like. Drop, you know, like the normal stuff. Dropping acid or taking ecstasy or anything. No, they're doing whippets, which if you don't know what those are, it's where you. <laughs> it's where you. Right, let me, let me hear. What, what are whippets? I don't exactly know. So, <laughs> this is how little I know about. I know they smoke weed in this movie. Uh huh. Weed is the one thing I understand. Um, yeah, he's never done it. He no. just knows what it is. Yeah, they also right, at pure. one at one point I thought well we both thought they were snorting coke. No, no, they are Adderall. snorting Adderall. And then whippets are where you I think it's where it's you like nitrous oxide. Yeah, you empty yeah. out like a whipped cream can, right? And then well, you, like, you can do it like various. They also come in these like balloons. That's like the most common way. Is like. In like little balloons, and then you just breathe it in, and it's like literally five seconds. Yeah, it gets you high for like feeling. a second, and then it's like okay, it's over. But they do. They drink all night. They drink until the sun comes up. All of them. They drink until the sun comes up. They're snorting Adderall. They're doing whippets. Like they just do like this very random, insane assortment of drugs and alcohol. So the stamina on these kids is insane. Um. They're at this ranch house. They like they go swimming, um, you know, like the like it's it establish it's establishing location. You're introduced to Garth, who you find out is like an ex marine. Um, knows how to shoot. Yeah, he knows how to shoot. He knows how to take care of himself, and he like they handles. Want to be known. It's Red's parents' ranch. Um, so the first guy who dies, it, as the night goes on, they're like playing drinking games, um, and and. Uh, Jake gets pissed because everyone's making fun of his tiny penis, which also everyone has seen everyone's private parts in this movie, except Mandy Lane's. Private Maybe that's another reason why they're so fascinated, because they're like, we've seen everyone else's dick and vagina. We there need we go. To see, we need to see yours now. So We need to see yours. <laughs> so they we'll whip it out. So they make fun of Jake's tiny penis, and he goes out to the shed, and like Marlon is super obsessed with him. And so she goes out to give him a blowjob. Oh, after she'd given him a hand job in the back of the car. Oh, the most like, awkward hand job of history. Two hours earlier. Yeah, like, she gives him a hand job under a road map while yeah. while her friends are in the front seat. And like the road map, I was like, that would be like, there's no <laughs> secrecy. And sure enough, <laughs> like, uh, it's like. It's like <laughs> Can I just express how um, interesting it was to sit next to my best friend and my husband and watch that scene? Yeah. As Ryan's like. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's not gonna be quiet. That's that's obvious. And I'm like, hmm, uh huh, all right. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, that um, was great. Yeah, so he goes out and gets a blowjob from Marlon, and then she's like, "Now it's your turn." And he's like, "Yeah, right." And he leaves because he's DJ Khaled, and he won't go down on a woman. And so he leaves, go back inside, and Marlon is assaulted. This is the first time we see. We've had like. It's been alluded to that someone followed them out there. Yeah. Um, but this is the first They're time we see... They're building the suspense yeah, of, that, like, somebody's kind of out there being... Um, yeah, the, someone shows up and beats the shit out of her and puts... Oh, God, the scene. Um, puts, a, like, a double-barrel shotgun in her mouth and basically, like... Throats, like... Throats her to the point yeah. where her jaw rips. Like, basically, her tendons in her jaw are just, like, completely... they're just shoving a fucking yeah. shotgun all the way down. So, obviously... It's we like thought very, she was dead. Yeah, a very sexual kill. Yeah, um, and, the, like, she's bleeding from her mouth, and she's, like, crying. And then we thought she was dead, but you see him drag her away, and she's alive. Um, so... She that happens, and then they go back. Jake goes back inside, continues to drink, 
Um, and he has pulled the fuse from the fuse box to turn the power off. And he, like, this is when he hardcore advances on Mandy. And he's, like, really trying to get with her. And she denies him again. Um, so he gets, like, super drunk and, like, just leaves. He grabs the keys to the Jeep and he goes out to the, like, reservoir that they were swimming in earlier. Um, when he gets out there, he sees Marlon sitting on the sand and he goes up and he's, like, talking to her and he's, like, trying to make her drink more whiskey and she turns around and she's still fucking alive and her jaw is just, like, hanging from her face and she's, like, coughing, gagging up blood. Um, and Jake is attacked by... as of now the mystery shooter jumps into the water um but he can't like because the mystery shooter has a gun so he jumps in the water i don't understand why he didn't swim away by the way he just stayed where he was and tried to like hold like, his breath underwater yeah like tried to just like outweigh the, the killer who's scared of the snakes oh could be yeah there it, yeah, it, were you. Like, hmm, snake or gun yeah no i'll take the gun yeah. um fucking snakes dude dude that's there's a snake in this movie if anyone is afraid of snakes there's a snake in his warning creepy. warning yeah snake snake warning um, he finally pops out of the water and he gets shot in the head. Um, and then this is how we find out it's Emmett. Emmett comes out of the water. He's singing the school fight song. And this is where it gets really weird. Like the first really scene of like weird editing where they're like cutting and yeah, they're, chopping. So they're cutting to... back and forth between the party happening inside where they're all doing whippets. So like there's this strange, like they're doing this like goofy psychotronic stuff with the camera anyways, where like everyone's kind of talking in slow motion and like there's laughter happening the whole time and it's like all fuzzy and blurry and then it's cutting back to Emmett. And it's em- very millennium feeling. Yes. And Emmett very brutally like Marie, uh marlin's laying on the ground and he just takes the butt of the gun like a golf club and swings and basically knocks her jaw yeah, we don't see it we don't it, it freeze frames yeah yeah um it freeze frames on him like connecting with her it's pretty gross like the yeah. sound effect and like the the visual effect because it's her silhouette but like you basically get the implication that he literally knocked her jaw off her face pretty gnarly um bird is the next to go he um so Emmett shows up to the party in the Jeep, but everyone thinks it's Jake because yeah, he's drunk, drunk and he's yeah. throwing firecrackers at them. So Birch goes to chase him down and realizes it's Emmett, and he starts beating the shit out of him. Um, but like Ben so astutely pointed out, he gave him too much time because he starts talking to him instead of continuing to beat the shit yeah. out of him. And Emmett pulls this part's gross too. Emmett yeah. pulls a knife out of his back like, pocket, slashes his eyes. Yes, yeah, like, like literally across his eyes, like a line. Ugh, it was it, gross. It's all these kill. This movie's gross. Yeah, like, it's, it's not like it's weird because none of the kills are super. Um, not gory. Gory, mm-hmm. not at all. No. Um, you don't. There's they cut at a lot of times, so you don't really see everything. But all of it's just. Like, like the violence, crawling. yeah. The violence like, is very savage yeah. and like very brutal and visceral. Ooh. And it's so he gets like, slices across the eyes, and then he just fucking goes to town on him. And this is also important because it's our first clue. Because he Emmett gives a line that says like, "I'll be gone in the morning, but you're not going to last that long." Yeah. So he like alludes to the fact that something's going to happen to him too. Like they're all, like they're all dying. Yes. Um. And so he slices him across the eyes, and he's like crawling away, and he just he stabs him to death. Um. The next one. So uh, they have managed to like close off the house, uh, and it's now sunrise. Like the sun is coming up. So Red, Chloe, um, Garth, and Mandy are all still alive in the house. And Garth opens the door, gets shot by Emmett from outside, and. 
um, Red and Chloe decide to make a run for her car, which she parked outside of the ranch because it's like a it was a Beamer and she didn't want to get it dirty, so she parked it like well, outside of the ranch. It wasn't even a Beamer; it was like a fucking Acura or something. It was a fucking Acura. Oh no, a Lexus. A... Oh, so yeah. excuse me. Um, she didn't want to get it dirty, so they they run off, and Mandy stays in the house with Garth. Um, and they're gonna go get help, but so they run off and like it's they get to the car and they start kissing and Red gets shot from farther off. It was like this is like one of the more frustrating kills because they just they get to it and they're like oh yeah we made it to the car and then they have this very long like romantic scene of like deciding to kiss and it's like they made it, but you just know that that was on purpose so that they could die. Like mm-hmm. it was one of those everybody jokes like. When they talk shit about horror movies, like, because you're yelling at the characters because they're so stupid, that was one of those moments. Yeah, because everyone in the room was like, just get in the car and leave. Get in the fucking car. You have time to kiss after. Get in the the car car. and leave. Um, So, Red gets shot, and then Chloe is running away. She has, like, a decent chase scene. This is, like, our only real, like, slasher chase scene. Yeah, Emmett gets in the the car, and he's, like, toying with her. Yeah. He's driving definitely slow. He's playing, like, this weird pop song on the radio. Yeah. Um, She's, like, hiding behind these huge, like, hay bales, and mm -hmm. then he, like, comes towards it, and she has to run, and then Mandy is, like, outside, like, going to, like, embrace her and help her, and she's like, Chloe, come on, come on, come on, Chloe, 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 and then when Chloe gets to her, Mandy just stabs her right mm -hmm. in the stomach. Yeah, with, like, a giant fucking knife. Yeah. Um, Stabs her in the stomach, so she dies, and then there's this whole. This is where we find out what the plan is. Yeah, with her and Emmett. So Emmett shows up, and he's like, they're talking about their whole plan. And Emmett is like obsessed with Mandy. Yeah. And they have this whole plan that they're gonna, they were gonna kill everyone, and then they're gonna kill each other. Like kill, kill um, like Emmett's gonna shoot himself, and Mandy's gonna take pills. Well, they were both gonna take pills, but he decides um, that he wants her to do it, so she goes peaceful, and she can shoot him. And he's like, don't shoot me in the face, though, okay? Like, my like, mom's going to want to open like a casket. casket so yeah. uh, just don't shoot me in the face. And he's like, he makes you read, like, his weird book of poetry. And He's like, oh, I'm going to leave this, and they're going to know what we were up to. Yeah, and... Like, why we did this. The whole time, like, she's definitely, like, you can tell that she's, like, like she has the whole movie. She's, like, listening, like, she's putting up with him, but she's not on par with what he's saying at all. And she lets him know, like, I'm not going to do this. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I'm not going to do this. He's like, yes, you are. He stands up with the gun. And he's like, what are you going to do? And she's like, she starts yelling for help. We realize Garth is out of the house. And he shoots at Emmett. Um, Emmett goes over with the machete now and starts stabbing Garth. um, Slices him, I think, two two really good times. And then Mandy starts to run away. So Emmett gives chase. And this is the grossest scene of the movie. I watched, like... Hidden the yeah. whole time. So, so disgusting. Uh, they fall into a pit that Garth has dug where he puts cow bodies that he has. Like, there were there was a story earlier in the movie that Garth told of how he had to shoot a bunch of these cows, this cattle, because they got sick. And you can't sell sick cattle, so you just have to kill them. So he dug this fucking pit and threw all the cattle in there. So there's just these like, decomposing carcasses, carcasses and of like cows. Manure. And it's mud and manure and oh, shit. And like, so gross. And it's disgusting. And Mandy falls in it and she's like swimming in it and Emmett jumps in and they're oh, like... Oh, I can't even talk about it. It's they're trying to like... Sick. So like they're beating each other like up it's in, in it. it's in their mouth, you guys. Ugh, like in all so... of their holes. And like it's really gross. Like the carcasses are disgusting looking. Like the bodies... Like Mm-mm. there's Mm-mm. like dissolved fat and shit. It's disgusting. So they get out of the pit 
Emmett's swinging. He keeps swinging at Mandy. Mandy has picked up like this giant like tree branch. Like a po- I think it's like a post, like a fence post. Is it? Oh yeah. Okay, and she's like blocking his shots with it, and finally he gets it stuck in it, like through it, and she turns around and <laughs> bludgeons him to death, with the, but like, with the blade. With like it's the like machete post yeah imagine you know hammer with nail through it it's like that but it's a post with a machete through it i put emmett killed with log machete yeah log machete um death by log machete yeah so he is beat to death um and then mandy comes back and you think she's gonna kill garth but she doesn't because mandy's smart and she realizes oh it's gonna be a lot easier garth thinks i saved him yeah and also it's gonna be a lot easier because as far like everything that he has seen implies Emmett was a killer yeah. so she can get away with it because yeah. if there's a survivor other than her another survivor then he can get away with it so the they go they drive away and we get a flashback to earlier in the day where they're all like walking on the railroads like laughing and Mandy's walking balancing but like looking at everyone and it cuts to I love it because it freeze frames cuts red overlay not like dripping blood but like a straight red overlay and then the title which to me again is so 70s like late 70s era horror um which i really enjoyed so yeah that's that is all the boys love mandy lane um also i just really i whoever created her name it's for some reason it's just one of those names that for me it just works it's just like such a perfect and i love the long title it reminds me of like a fallout boy song um I just, be still my heart yeah it's just great um favorite kill bass mm, i'm gonna have to go with hmm i think i'll go with the throated by shotgun golf club jaw golf ball um man that one's gross Really, really gross. I think... I just like the um, poetic nature of that kill. Oh, because she's just blew a guy? Yeah, and they're just... And that's, you know, part of the reason why. I mean, they definitely allude to, like, all of their sexual natures, and Mm -hmm. that's the slasher aspect of it, too, playing into that, where it's like, these are, like, bad people, they have sex, they do drugs, and so... I, I always like when the killer kind of uses that against them. Um, that's my favorite, too. Yeah. I, I think mean, it, I love the log machete. Me, too. And that seems And also because Emmett sucks. Yeah. And, like, I want him to die. Yeah. But also... But that, I think that scene is just so slasher. It's and the it, most slasher it, It's moment. definitely the most slasher, and it's also, like, for me, establishes, like, the tone of this movie, mm-hmm. because up until that, you're like, this is, like, a teen drama, pretty yeah. much, um, with, like thriller aspects but that 100 percent launches it to like it shows you that it, this movie is pretty brutal um position in the horror landscape none none it has no position more people should see it more people should it's on netflix now very easily accessible i think it's i think it's very underrated i think like i said before it's beautifully shot um there were so many parts of it that i just really fell in love with um like I think ev- everything the hardest, from like, yeah i think the hardest part if you can get past the like yeah. dialogue and understand that that was written you know 12 years ago and it's supposed like it's supposed to characterize these people 
as the scumbags that they are and kind of make us root for Mandy in the mm-hmm, end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think if you can take that, because we did, I did get some uh, feedback on Twitter when I announced that we were watching this. You're like, oh, just because I, I think people are starting to watch it because they see it go up on Netflix and they're like, oh, God, did not enjoy that. I'm like, well, maybe you can find something to appreciate it after we, you know, dissect it and see. I think that's the biggest thing. If you can get past that. I could see, I could honestly see you getting like halfway through this movie and turning it off. Yeah. Because it's like extremely chauvinistic and yeah. like the the men characters are all but disgusting. But it all gets the, redeemed when yeah, you get the exactly. ending. You just kind of have to get to that ending and remember Like that. the whole, yeah, exactly. Because the movie is about Mandy use, using her sexuality as a weapon. And yeah. like you don't see that until the end of the movie and it wraps itself up very neatly because... It's not until, it's literally not until that moment when Mandy stabs Chloe and, like, Emmett comes up and they re- you realize they're working together. That you, it's actually not until Mandy turns on Emmett that you realize yeah. this whole time she has been using her sexuality as a weapon. Yeah, and using everyone. Um, I think in, like, I think now, especially now that it's on Netflix, this will garner cult, cl- like, classic um, yeah. reputation. But um, right now, it has no position. Yeah. Uh, more people should see it. I definitely think so. I think there's just a lot... I think there's a lot to like. I Like I said, I think the soundtrack works very well. Like, just something about the... Like, the cinematography and the color and, like, the the way it was filmed, I just vibed with me. And I super dug it. Um, rank it. So, this is always the hard part. Uh-huh. B and I have the list. It's at keepscreaming.com slash the dash list. This will be our 19th movie. Um, right now, number one is My Bloody Valentine uh, from 1981. It's been reigning champion for a while now. Um, I know what you did last summer is the new number two. Took that last week and the week before. Our, our new number three was The Burning. Uh, and then Happy Death Day at number four. And Urban Legend round, rounds out our top five. And then the bottom, uh, April Fool's Day. Uh, Slaughter, uh, April Fool's Day at 18, Slaughter High at 17, and Terror Train at 16. That's kind of our bottom uh, three. So if you haven't listened to the show before, just so you know, we have very much enjoyed almost every movie we've watched. Um, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to ranking them, we look at it from the aspect of how did it operate and like succeed as a slasher movie. Um, so that's why April Fool's Day is so low, because technically no one even dies. Kind of the same with Slaughter High. Um, so... That's kind of like what we look at, and so we look at like you know directing, writing, everything, and how it operates as a slasher. I this is interesting for me because I feel like, and we'll run into this more because it's something we've discussed wanting to do is branching out. Like Bay of Blood is definitely um, a giallo, which is like an Italian slasher movie essentially. But there's all these like sub genres of, of slasher, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's something B and I have got very excited about watching because. Um, some of them were well versed in and some of them were not but like there's proto slashers things like uh, Black Christmas or Texas Chainsaw um, and proto- that name has been given to movies that even exist that exist slashers. before yeah, yeah uh, they exist before slashers like became a staple but also concurrently with slashers because they're movies that like they are slashers and they feel like slashers but they're not 100% there mm-hmm. um, and then there's even movies like uh, Final Destination which we'll get to eventually where like death operates as a slasher mm-hmm. like as a slasher a, killer yeah. essentially in that movie um but it isn't a slasher obviously so we'll but those are is. all things yeah. we want to explore um and i feel like this very much fits into that area of subgenre where this is like it is a slasher movie it has all the like like 
it has all the trappings of a slasher and it even has like some of the tropes and um it does a lot like the cat and mouse the whodunit um but you know some of the larger things missing are like we don't have like our really to me at least like aesthetically pleasing killer we don't have um the those classic kind of kills mm-hmm. um don't have the right kind of weapon yeah so it's it's interesting to look at like where i want to rank this um because i i I told B, I texted her even the day after. I was like, I can't stop thinking about that movie mm-hmm. because watching it through this lens this time, I just really, really fucking loved it. Um, so I look and, you know, I think, like, direction-wise, I think it's it's honestly one of the best directed films we've watched. Um, the writing was decent, not great. Um, I love the soundtrack. Not much of a score, but I love the soundtrack. Um, I, I really like Mandy Lane who ends up ultimately, even though she doesn't do the hands-on killing, she is the killer. Like, no matter how you She's look at it. She's the mastermind behind all of it. Um, so I really like Mandy. Um, so, like, those are all things I kind of look at when I'm looking at, like, the killer. I kind of want to rank it. I'm thinking, like, number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, which would put it right after Silent, Silent Night, Deadly mm-hmm. Night, and right before my Super Psycho Sweet 16. My Super Psycho Sweet 16 is fun, and I, and I do enjoy it. And it also, to me, has a lot of the similar downfalls that this movie had, where, like, the dialogue's a little dated, um, mm-hmm. like, certain things. Just lower like, production value. Yeah. Which hurts. Yeah. Um, and also, For a modern movie. Yeah. So and, we can forgive it a lot easier on a movie made from the 80s. Mm-hmm. A movie made in the aughts is a lot harder to, for us, because it feels modern. So are you saying this did or Super Psycho did? Well, they're both only a couple years apart. I'm saying both of them feel more dated than oh, they should. Oh, yeah. No, they do. And also... but Just like, because for us it's harder to separate the aughts. Yeah. And I, I think, like, this movie, though, like, Levine does a very good job of, like using his lower of a budget to his advantage yeah making a stylistic choice mm-hmm. uh, um like the killer is nowhere like i i don't it's not going to go higher than nine for me because it just doesn't yeah i'm trying to think of it like as like with our slasher formula and see if it can be that high and still be appropriate um not saying that i don't like it enough to be that high because i do but i'm trying to think like we definitely don't get our theme killer which is something you and i both heavily yeah enjoy. But like charlie water and like it's not necessary yeah. exactly like it's just an aspect right because even um, like bay of blood which we have ranked really high no theme um and we don't get our traditional slasher kills but there's just something really fantastic about kind of flipping things on their head and like really making this movie about the male gaze and then like fucking with it and i think it's something that like not hasn't been explored very often at least Um, in a slasher at least in a slasher aspect and i think it really works like there's just something about the mandy lane character playing with the the trope of the final girl Mm -hmm, exactly like yeah like which obviously happens in you know she's our killer yeah um which we get in scream obviously um so i don't know i'm looking like between like not 10 to 12 range yeah like it it definitely i think it's better than hellbent yeah it fits somewhere in here i'm just trying to think 
the things that my super psycho sweet 16, which I fucking hate that title, and most likely to die have going for it, um, is like following kind of the paint by number like slasher formula, which right. makes them better than they probably, not probably than they would be without it. And I, um, I like it's different to look at because both those movies are so campy in their own right, mm-hmm. and this is so like visceral and like raw and like real. Because... Well, yeah, it's the same thing. It's like comparing different things. It's mm-hmm. a different style of slasher. Because there are um, parts of both those, like I love the kills in both those movies. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're very good, but. I also think that the characters in those movies are similar to the characters in this, where you have like, where you have very cardboard cutout. Uh-huh. Like, I will say, I Not think quite the, arc, the same archetypes. Though. No, I, I'll say I think the lead in Mandy Lane is better than the lead in either of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but our subcast isn't like our typical. No, and they're all deplorable jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think most likely to die. I would be okay. What about eleven? Like, doing it after my super sweet 16 and before most likely to die? Yeah. Because I, I'm, like, looking at it and I just, like, it, so much of it lines up with most likely to die mm-hmm. for me. Like, everyone is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, like, that feel, like, a lot, of, like, even the stilted dialogue, like, a lot of that stuff kind of matches mm-hmm. up. But I, I just think it's better. Like, there's just something about... It's almost like an elusive quality, but, like, there's something about it. Well, I think it. that kills are more, although they aren't as slasher. I mean, I love the kills are most likely to die because they relate back to the theme, which is just true to a slasher. Mm-hmm. But I think the kills in Mandy Lane are more brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and more impactful. Yeah, and and give you more of it, um, a reaction. So give it that. Um, I think probably the killer, the biggest flaw that we have with Most Likely to Die is sort of the shoehorned in yeah. um, killer's motive. And I think Mandy, I think the the killer aspect, why Mandy Lane is killing, why Emmett is killing, um, is a little bit more plausible. It's a little bit more original. Um, it's devastating, especially in a time where, you know, mass killings are involving guns and schools like mm-hmm. this is playing with the mass shooting idea like in a school but taking it away from that and giving it a slasher feel which i like yeah i think 11 is a good place for it cool i think it fits there with um what it is and because i i honestly think as a movie it's better than my super psycho yes. 16 but i think that succeeds like i just that rollerblade sushi cake <laughs> This kill. is just too good. It's just too good. Yeah, and I really and I like the whole night theme and like the skating rink. Like we have it's a motivated just fun. killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um yeah. and I I mean slasher like tropes exist for a reason and I enjoy them mm-hmm. and like it has them so I, I I I don't know I yeah and also what's funny is they both use mostly just um, songs as their score. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so our new number 11 then. It will be right after my Super Psycho Suite 16 and right before Most Likely to Die. Um, and you can check out, again, that full list at keepscream.com slash the dash list. We will pick our new movie soon and let you know about it. It will be on our Twitter. Um, I've been doing at least a good job of retweeting everything B is tweeting. So mm-hmm. maybe not original tweets, but letting people know what's going on. I think we're going to ride out the summer with summer movies. Um, that's part of the reason we picked All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. It's definitely like 
has that summer feeling. Yeah, heat um, for sure. Yeah, and I th- like it. I think it's during a summer break. Maybe not. It's just like the Who weekend, knows? but it's like yeah. right before summer. Like they yeah. mention it numerous. They're times. in a pool at yeah. one point. Um, so that's why we picked that movie. Uh, so I think we're going to try to find something else that relates to summer a little bit. We almost went with Texas Chainsaw, but I don't want to do it quite yet. Maybe 3D. <laughs> um, if you guys want to, reach out to us at ScreamingCast on Twitter and let us know how you think we should handle franchises. That'd be dope. Yeah, we're, we aren't having a good time being able to figure it out. Yeah, I don't know if I should just jump around or like, I, I, there was part of me that, what movie did we watch? There was part of me that was like, we should have done, I still know. Um, yeah. Which we might, who knows. Uh, but like, so I don't really know like what you guys think, but let us know because like there's like... Friday in particular is the one I'm thinking of. Um, I just had we want to hit one of the big ones like soon. oh yeah and Texas Chainsaw like yeah. two of those like our franchise but we don't know like I don't want to spend eight months on Texas Chainsaw like or Friday like I I mean I think it'd be fine but like I want to do you guys want to listen more... to the same like movie franchise week after week yeah I don't just be really a Friday the Thirteenth so. podcast um, yeah which this is that's not what this is yeah. Um, so let us know, but we'll come up with a movie, but, uh, if you can just reach out to us at ScreamingCast. Yeah. Also, in two weekends, um, yeah. we will be in Long Beach at Midsummer Scream. B and I will both be there with free, uh, Keep Screaming swag. Yes. So find us and you will get it and we'll just be hanging out. We don't have like a booth or events or anything, so we'll just be around. Um, we'll be so checking stuff out. You can find us, uh, probably trying to hang out with the shockwaves podcast group, <laughs> ryan's so. gonna be on his like most obnoxious behavior for me as his best friend i'm sure he'll be so charming to the rest of you yes i'll be annoyed <laughs> yeah she'll be annoyed because i'm uh, i'm in what i call schmooze mode oh yeah um social networking is very important and also i genuinely and like enjoy the interactions i've had with most of those people so um, how we react to people we um like uh aspire to be and respect and admire is different i'm yes. like silent yes and, and i'm like the we're gonna be best friends yeah and <laughs> and i'm, I'm like stop your, talking i'm gonna get your phone number and yeah. we're gonna text um yeah but find us yeah and we'll be there yeah we'll definitely be there so we'll make sure you're, you guys are updated on that as well yeah. um cool thanks for tuning in for another episode and we'll be back in two weeks with some movie and until then keep screaming <laughs>